Hi, I'm Melissa with Mix In Some Magic. I'm a Disney planning expert and I'm here to mix a little magic into your day. Each week I share Disney vacation planning tips, park strategies, and a little bit of Disney history sprinkled in. Of course, I like to include lots of Disney magic. Join me, let's mix in some magic. Welcome! Thank you so much for being here. I hope you're having a great week. I am actually prepping to head out of town. I've been invited to go check out the new Super Nintendo World at Universal Studios and do some hotel tours. So I can't wait for that. We are big Nintendo fans at my house. Admittedly, I don't know a ton about Nintendo. I mean, I played the Super Mario Brothers games when I was a kid. It was actually pretty good. I don't want to brag. But the new games I have not kept up with. I have played Mario Kart, of course, a time or two. Things like that. But I do have kids that... And so they're excited for me to go. I wish I could take them with me. But it's just going to be me this trip. But I'm excited. I think it'll be fun. And I'm really excited to check out some hotels. The hotels I'm touring are ones that I have not stayed at yet. So I'll be able to check those out. And I'll have lots of information to share over on my Instagram. I'll have hotel tours and then all things Universal Studios Hollywood for a couple of days. And that's going to be pretty fun. So when this episode drops, I will be on my way to California. So make sure you hop on over to my Instagram and follow along. I think it's going to be lots of fun. With a review. This review comes from Binky Boy's Mama. Says informative and enjoyable. Melissa's podcast has been a wonderful resource as I'm planning my upcoming Disneyland trip. So excited. Love her tips and tricks and bringing on perspectives from other people as well as her historical episodes. Love immersing myself in her episodes. Thank you so much, Binky Boys Mama. I appreciate it. I just love it when you guys leave reviews and rate my podcast. It helps people find me and I appreciate it so very much. We have some Disney news to talk about today. First things first is the Food and Wine Festival kicks off over at California Adventure on March 3rd and runs through April 25th, which is pretty exciting for anybody who's going to be visiting during that time. I love the Food and Wine Festival. They have booths out all around California Adventure with different sample-sized food that you can try. They also have cooking demonstrations and live music. And maybe my favorite thing is they have turned Soren World back into Soren California. So originally when it opened, it was Soren California. And for the Food and Wine Festival, it goes back to the original Soren California version, which is pretty fun. I love it both ways. California version, although the film does look dated. A little bit. You can tell it was filmed quite a while ago. It's not quite as crisp and clean as the Soren World video is. Still so fun. I'm excited to check that out. I won't be at the Food and Wine Festival this weekend, but I will the following weekend to check it out and do Princess Night. Foodie Guide. I'm pretty happy because they are bringing back the Snickers Macaron. It's this amazing 
macaron inspired by Snickers. I think there's Snickers pieces on the top, but it's chocolate and caramel and it is delicious. It was one of my favorite things from the Food and Wine Festival last year. I'm pretty pumped that they're bringing it back. So I will be checking out that for sure when I'm there next weekend. And I actually have a printable foodie guide for anybody who's visiting the Food and Wine Festival. It's over on my website. I'll put a link in the show notes. It's got a checklist of everything that's being served at the Food and Wine Festival. It's a huge list. I couldn't fit it on one page, so it's on two. But make sure if you are visiting between March 3rd and April 25th, print one out, take it with you so that you can make sure to hit all the things that you have on your list. You don't want to miss anything delicious. That this summer, the Hyperion Theater over in Disney California Adventure is getting a new show which is pretty exciting. So Disney released kind of a teaser video that showed a woman standing in front of the Hyperion Theater holding up a programming booklet and on the program it says Rogers the Musical on the cover. And (laughs) I didn't understand what this meant because I don't really follow along with all of the Marvel series. But in the caption, it said, A timeless story of a timeless hero. A short one-act musical is coming for a limited time this summer to Disney California Adventure Park. Stay tuned for details. So I wasn't 100% sure what that meant. On Variety.com. Rogers the Musical is based on the life of the first Captain America, Steve Rogers. The musical was first featured for five minutes in the pilot episode of Hawkeye, where Hawkeye is seen as the only Avenger to attend the 2024 premiere of the musical. The fictional production showcased a show-stopping musical number based on the Avengers Battle of New York, entitled Save the City. The original song was co-written for Hawkeye by Scott Whitman and producer Mark Scheiman series, but I'm still pretty excited about it. It'll be nice to have something back at the Hyperion Theater, and it will be nice that it's short. It says a short one-act production, so I'm not sure exactly what that means, but the old show that they had there a few years ago, Frozen, was amazing, but it was also an hour long. So it'll be nice that they have this entertainment added over to Avengers Campus and also nice that it's short. So I'm looking forward to checking that out. This summer we don't have an official date for when that will open yet, but I will let you know when we get more information. I wanted to mention that my friend Ashley was just at Disneyland a couple weeks ago and she was upgrading a ticket over at the ticket booth and she had a ticket scalper come up to her in the esplanade and try to get her to buy a ticket from them, which really surprised and shocked me. So I just wanted to mention to you, please do not buy unauthorized tickets. Don't ever buy a ticket from somebody that comes up to you at Disneyland and is trying to sell you one. Don't buy from people on Facebook or things like that. Only purchase your Disney park tickets from authorized ticket dealers situation and I would hate to see that happen. That's why I always recommend Getaway Today. That's where I buy all of my Disney park tickets, Universal park tickets, Disney cruises, all the things. Getaway Today sells them and they are an official authorized ticket seller. Disney loves them. They have a great relationship with Disney 
And so you can feel confident when you buy your tickets through them that you're getting actual tickets and not who knows what this person was selling over at the Disney Esplanade. I don't know. That's so scary. I would hate for somebody to waste their money on fake tickets or anything like that because there are definitely scammers out there. So I just wanted to plug that. Please only use authorized ticket sellers. If you want to check out Getaway Today, their tickets are always discounted off the gate price. So when you buy through them, you're always saving money over buying through Disney. And I'll put a link to them in the show notes so you can check them out as well. That I wanted to do a Q&A session, like a little Q&A episode was my idea. But the more I thought about it, the more I thought it might be better to just sprinkle some question and answers into the beginning of each episode. And that way we don't take up a whole episode with just question and answers. So that's what we're going to do. We're going to see how it works out. So I have a couple questions that I want to answer. And she said, I would like to stay at the Disneyland Hotel. Which one do you recommend? Well, there's three options when you're staying on property right now. There's the Disneyland Hotel, there's the Paradise Pier, and there is the Grand Californian. And my very favorite is the Disneyland Hotel. I like it because it's got this kind of like retro Disney atmosphere that I really enjoy. And the headboards light up so you can click this little button on your headboard and a castle scene lights up and it plays a little music it's very cute I think overall it's my favorite mostly because of the atmosphere it is moderately priced compared to the other Disney hotels so the Grand Californian is going to be your most expensive then the Disneyland Hotel and then the Paradise Pier I have stayed at the Grand Californian and I really enjoyed that as well but I still think I prefer the Disneyland Hotel. But you really can't go wrong with any of the on-property hotels. I do like that the Disneyland Hotel and the Grand Californian both have some dining options right in their hotel buildings. Paradise Pier doesn't have any dining right now, which is kind of tricky because it is farther away. You have to walk across the street to get there and then they don't have any dining options over there other than a little like convenience type store. So that is kind of a downside to the Paradise Pier. Although it's not like dining as far away. You can easily walk across the street and you have all of the downtown Disney dining options. You can enjoy the Disneyland Hotel dining options and the Grand's options. It's all right there. It's just not as close and convenient as it is with the other property hotels. So keep that in mind. I actually wrote a full post about this on my website comparing the three hotels so that you can decide which one is best for you. So I will put a link to that in the show notes so you can check that out, but hopefully that helps. You can find it in my show notes where you can send me a voicemail that then I can play on a future episode. And Debbie was the first person to try it out and it made me so happy. Thank you, Debbie, for sending me a question so that I can play it on my show and then answer it. It just makes me so excited. So this is Debbie's question and Debbie, bless you. Thank you so much for sending in a question. I'm so excited for this. Okay, here's Debbie. Hi, Melissa. It's Debbie. 
I'm going to be going to the parks real soon, and I'd love to see a show. You mentioned that you went to a dessert party where you had reserved seating. I was wondering if you can recommend that one or another one similar to it, uh, maybe one with a dinner. Also, what do you do if it gets rained out? Do you get your money back or is it non-refundable? Let me know. Thank you for your question, Debbie. So Disneyland has several dining packages and dessert parties that give you the ability to enjoy a meal or dessert and also combine it with a show or parade. Now, most of these dining packages, you don't dine while you watch the show. There's a lot of confusion about that. There are two options that I'll talk about where you get to watch the show while you're eating, but for all of the other ones, you enjoy your meal like at Plaza Inn or at River Bell Terrace or Hungry Bear or Blue Bayou, and then later you show up for reserved viewing for the show or parade. I have a lot of information about this on my website about all the different dining packages because there's parade dining at the Plaza Inn, there's phantasmic dining packages, and then there's world of color dining packages and dessert party. I want to talk specifically about the two where you can watch the show while you are eating. And the first one is for Fantasmic. It's the River Bell Terrace Premium Package. There's two packages for Fantasmic viewing through the River Bell, but the River Bell Premium Package is the one that you want if you want to enjoy dinner while you're watching the Fantasmic performance. So with this package, you watch the first performance and your table is on the patio at Riverbell Terrace. And you can choose from the regular menu items or from special items offered only to Fantasmic Dining Package guests. So I have never done this one before. I have heard mixed reviews because although you are able to sit and watch it while you're eating, you don't have the greatest view. So you're raised up a little bit on this terrace, but then in front of you there is a walkway and then in front of that there's the regular viewing for Fantasmic, and then there's the Rivers of America where the show is taking place. So you're not super close, it's a little bit of a distance, and I hear that guests always eat and then they go and stand up against the railing so they can see better. So I don't know if this is a great option if you're wanting to sit down and enjoy a show. For me, I kind of think I would prefer to watch Fantasmic a little bit closer to really experience it better. So for me, I've always gone with one of the other Fantasmic dining packages where I eat dinner or lunch at an earlier time and then I have reserved viewing for the show. So I prefer that, but that is an option. Their other option for sitting down and watching a show is over at the World of Color. So I've done the World of Color dessert party a couple of times. If you're going to do the World of Color dessert party, I highly recommend you do the first show. The first show is a much more leisurely experience. The second show you are rushed through quite quickly because they are unable to seat guests of the dessert party for the second showing until the first show has cleared out and that leaves you with usually only like 10 minutes to order your drinks and have them serve it to you and you usually end up waiting in line to get to your table for about 45 minutes to an hour 
which I don't think is a very good use of time. So if you are going to do the World of Color dessert party, make sure you book the first show. With the dessert party, then you get a delicious selection of desserts and cheeses and two alcoholic beverages for adults. They have unlimited soft drinks and bottled water. They also have hot chocolate. As soon as the show starts, they won't serve you any more drinks. So if you are getting close to showtime, order a couple of drinks. I've done this more than once. You just order a few, they'll bring them at the same time, and then you have them to enjoy the whole time you are watching the show. So for the World of Color dining package, you get to sit on chairs. They have like ones that are a little lower to the ground, ones that are high top table with director's chairs. I've sat in both and I didn't notice that big of a difference in my view of the show. You're quite close, so you have a great view, and then you can sit and eat and enjoy your dessert at the same time. So I do like the World of Color dining package. The World of Color show is about 30 minutes, so it's quite long, and it's nice to be able to sit down and watch it, which is a plus. Um, it is expensive though, so I don't do it very often. I do like to do it for special occasions and things like that, but it's not something I do all the time. It is nice though if you want to sit down and enjoy a show. Now as for their cancellation party with the World of Color, if the show is canceled then you do get your money back for the dessert party. For parade dining or phantasmic dining packages, if the show is canceled then you are just out the extra money you paid. Um, You've already received your food, so you've already eaten your meal, and if the show happens to be canceled, then that's just bad luck and they don't do any refunds for that. So there you go. That's the information. I hope it was helpful. I would love it if anybody else would like to send me in a question. I can put you on my show. That would be so fun. So click on the link in my show notes. You can send me a little message and then you can hear yourself on my show. That would be amazing. I would love it so much. Today I am really excited to welcome two guests to my show. I've got Johnny from the DMSW podcast and Hannah from the Learning Disney podcast and they have teamed up and come up with a really amazing idea to kind of honor the last day of Splash Mountain while at the same time raising funds for a really great cause. So they were telling me about their idea and their plan and I got pretty excited about it and so I asked if they would come on and share their vision with you so that maybe you might want to be a part of this I think you're going to love it. So let's get into my interview with Johnny and Hannah. Uh, we should probably take a break first, though. Let's do that. Let's take a quick break. And when we come back, I'll have Johnny and Hannah here. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to Mixin' Some Magic. <music> ever get frustrated trying to get dining reservations at the Disney parks? I know I do. It's so frustrating to get on 60 days before, 45 days before, 35 days before, and not see the dining that you want. You can check back and you can check back, but sometimes it just doesn't pop up and it can be incredibly frustrating. 
Luckily, there's mouse dining. I found them about a year ago, and I've been using them ever since. So you tell them what dining reservations you're looking for and when, and then they send you an email or a text message when those reservations become available so you can hurry and hop over and book them yourself. Then you're good to go. This is especially helpful for those hard-to-get reservations like Blue Bayou or Space 220 over at Disney World. So I've been using them, I've been loving them, and I thought it might be helpful for you as well. I'll put a link to them in the show notes so you can check them out, but stop stressing about getting dining reservations at the Disney parks because mouse dining is going to save you. All right, I have got Johnny J here with the DMSW podcast and Hannah from Hannah Learning Disney. And I'm really, they're two of my favorite podcasters and they are here to share with us about a special project that they are starting. So welcome guys. Thanks so much for having us. Yeah, thanks for having us. Do you guys each wanna start off by introducing yourselves? Ladies first, Hannah, the floor is yours. I'm Hannah, and yes, um, I host a Learning Disney podcast on Instagram. I'm the Hannah Learning Disney. Um, I started my podcast just a couple months ago. Um, I currently live in Vegas, so my home park is Disneyland, but I'm also active duty military, so I'm moving to Washington State in the summer, so I won't be just a quick drive from Disneyland anymore. Now I have to ride an airplane like I feel like everyone else does, so that's going to be a big change coming. Um, my podcast, really, I just I just became a big Disney fanatic since the end of 2021. So it's kind of like a journey of learning Disney as an adult and not knowing the parks as well as like people like Melissa and even Johnny. And so just being able to learn it together and just be like, I have no idea what's going on here. Like, <laughs> I can do all the research in the world, but some people just know it better. So I just like to bring people along with me to learn Disney and I just love it I'm able to get to the parks about once a month right now until I move but yeah I have two very young kiddos my husband was in the army and now he's a PTA for physical therapy he's going to start working on his doctorate um, to become a doctor of physical therapy so we have a lot of a lot of things thrashing in the hood house but we love it that way that's awesome how about you Johnny Yep, same here. Busy house here. Uh, my wife and I, my wife is Stacy. We have six kids together, and the kids are kind of what got me big on into the the Disney realm of things too. I was that dad that was kind of pushing off the trip, and oh, it's it's too expensive, and they won't remember it. Let's wait till they're older, and then eventually, kind of, my wife changed up her sales pitch and kind of gave me that that pitch of, you know, we, we need to do it now because even though the kids might not remember it, it's going to be more our experience as the parents getting to see that magic on their faces. And that won me over. And that first trip with kids just absolutely blew my doors off. I had an amazing experience with just one-on-one -on -one with Mickey and one of my twin daughters. And I just from that moment, it was kind of like when everything fell into place for me and I could feel like Disney was very quickly becoming my new number one hobby. And then with the, with the pandemic, like most people kind of 
all your hobbies and all your normal uh, ways of life changed. Being from New England, I was a big sports fan into all the different major sports teams up here. And that was kind of my number one hobby was going to the games in person, hanging out with friends and watching the games together. But once that pandemic hit and kind of changed up that whole thing and you couldn't go out, I mean, you think back to when the pandemic first started, not only were you not going out to bars, you weren't going to friends' houses. Like everyone was just locked down in their own house. So it kind of changed up my way of thinking. Sports just didn't feel the same for me. My, I could feel that passion kind of coming down. And then Disney just only skyrocketed from there. And not being able to go into the parks kind of got bigger into the the Disney online community on Instagram and YouTube, and then eventually into podcasting too. And it didn't take long after listening to a bunch of different pod, podcast Disney podcasts. It was like, I got to get on this game too. So without uh, too much time after that, I started up my own show and uh, started up the DMSW podcast, D for Disney, M for Marvel, SW for Star Wars. So try to hit all those different categories under the the Disney umbrella and kind of rotate through a different main topic each week on the show, but try to hit, like I said, all those different uh, areas under that big Disney umbrella that we all love so much. That's awesome. Well, you guys have a really awesome project that I've just learned about. You've kind of teamed up and that's what you're here to talk to us about tonight, because I think that my listeners are going to be really interested. And I think the more people that hear about this, the more people are going to want to be involved. So I'm excited that you guys are here to tell us all about it. So why don't you take it away? Tell us about it. Okay, Johnny, I'm going to tell your part of the story because I think I know it forwards and backwards. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. <laughs> all right. This is easy. Let me put my feet up and relax here. Go ahead. Johnny was lucky enough that he was able to go town to Walt Disney World to experience the last day of Splash Mountain. And he had like a big idea he was going to rope drop which if you listen to his episode you'll hear about how much of a mess rope dropping splash was on his last day at the magic kingdom and then he really wanted to be the last person to ride the ride but there was so many people there that it was practically impossible like he knew because what you also had to get up at i think it was like two in the morning to fly back home the next day this is like a turn and bird trip yeah, he's nodding at me. Okay. <laughs> See, I know this story very well. Yeah. Yeah. You're hitting you're hitting all my points. Yeah. was like we can turn Disneyland's final days of Splash Mountain into something so much bigger like we like the park is just infectious like you have no idea how this feeling is going to be at Disneyland like we have to do this together and so he won't take credit for it but this really is Johnny's like child like this is his brainchild he came up with this I was just ecstatic and ready to jump on board and like be that home park Disneyland person to help him with this project. So Johnny on you, now you get to do what I, is normally my part. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So 
just like Hannah was saying there, the, the 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 atmosphere was just something special in the air. And originally, the idea started like, how can I duplicate this again? How can I get this to such a? It was such a unique park experience for me. It was different than really any other day I've ever had in a Disney Disney park. So I knew I was trying to think of a way to duplicate it again or figure it out. And I'm thinking, okay, once once all these um videos get out of all the people cheering for the logs going over and like people see how special this day is and how different it is it's just gonna take off in when disneyland makes their announcement for their final day so i was like all right how can i get out to disneyland and try to do the same thing there but this trip i also met with four different disney uh podcasts while i was in the park too so i was like okay let's how could I not only get out to Disneyland to do it again, but then meet up with other podcasters too while I'm out there? Because this that was such a cool part of this experience as well. But then, like Anna said, just all this time of getting up, like not getting a lot of sleep for the early flight. And then on the plane, my brain just like wouldn't turn off. And I just kept trying to like reinvent the wheel here and think of like how much bigger can we make it? And it didn't take long before I was like, let's let's kind of let's turn this focus from just people hanging out together and having fun. But let's try to use this this extra magic or this extra energy that's in the air and try to fire people up and inspire them to do something for a really great charity. And so I, I partnered up with Hannah because I knew this was going to be obviously a huge endeavor and I was going to need somebody to help organize everything and put everything together and I knew that Hannah was out on the west coast so Disneyland was her home park and when I was chatting with her she said she had full intentions of being there on Splash's last day too she wanted to get that experience too so I'm like all right this is the perfect person to partner up with here and we just were working behind the scenes for those those first two weeks after that final day of Splash in Disney World and we did a ton of research trying to find the right charity to team up with because we wanted to find something that already had a connection with Disney if possible, because we thought that would be the easiest way for all these Disneyland fans to want to get involved and want to jump in. So we started looking into the chalk foundation because we know that the children's hospital of orange County has a previous relationship with Disneyland. They do the chalk walk out there once a year, but then we, there were other two other really big things that were important to us with doing the fundraiser was we wanted the charity to be as efficient and clean as possible. So we were using charitynavigator.org and all those charity rating websites to really vet all the different options and different organizations that we we're looking at because we didn't want to get involved with somebody that kind of had a messy background or was giving all their money to their CEOs or whatever like that. So we put the time in and the research in to really make sure that Chalk um, kind of checked all those boxes and they absolutely did. They had fantastic ratings, 100% rating on charitynavigator.org, which is just so rare to see. So we knew that like, okay, the, the puzzle pieces were starting to fall into place and Chalk was going to be the perfect foundation to work with. And then through their website, they allowed us to basically start a fundraising page that works directly through their website. So we would be able to fundraise with people and there'd be no, there would be none of that awkwardness of like, okay, like send the money to our GoFundMe page or he, we started a Venmo account, send us all your money to his Venmo account. Like it just, it took us out of the loop and, and gave us a way to really bring the money in and go directly to, to Chalk. That's so awesome. Yeah, that was a really big deal for us because 
I, I, that's one of the first things that we talked about was like, we don't want to touch the money. Like if there is some kind of way we don't have to handle it at all and it goes direct and there can be full trust and confidence that like we are doing this for the right reason. That was something that we were looking for. Like we were hoping for a hundred percent charitable rating, which the chalk has. And then also them having such a great fundraising platform already just filled all the boxes for us. So it was pretty easy to choose chalk. And then the next part was like, okay, so how do we get everyone involved? Like, how can we make this such a special occasion? So something that you'll hear Johnny and I say, if like you're on our pages or on like the Instagram page for podcast mics for magic is like, we don't want people to think this being a Hannah and Johnny thing. We want everyone to take ownership and everyone to be a part of it. Like we want like you, Melissa, like we're part of this now. And there's a bunch of Walt Disney World um, home-based podcasters that are getting involved. Like we want everyone to take ownership of it. And we want everyone to feel like they have a part helping the kids in Orange County. And it it's just so important that pe- people realize like, yes, Johnny and I might be like heading it. Like we started this, but everyone, it can be everyone's initiative and it, everyone can help the chalk like and because they do a lot of research they help family directly like they help them get out and like get tickets even to Disneyland as part of some of the things that they do so just getting that awareness out there as well that like we can turn this huge momental occasion in Disneyland history and Disney history of shutting down like such an epic ride and turn the focus also to like while we're celebrating Splash let's do some good in the world. Like, let's try and help people as well. Like, instead of buying a $6 churro, maybe put $6 to the chalk. Like, maybe just re reevaluate. Like, instead of eating at the blue eye that day, like, just do a quick service and, like, give that extra money over. And so part of what John's idea was is we are going to design shirts. Hopefully this is a call out. If anyone designs shirts, please help us. But we really want to get everyone that is part of this and more. So not just podcasters, but like Disney travel agents and who else? What am I? Why did I just base? But <laughs> travel agents, like small shops, like anyone that's in the Disney community can be part of this. And so the idea is that we're all can be in the parks together and we can all wear the same shirt so it's just like so Melissa and I we did the gumball rally she beat me in the gumball rally by the way um <laughs> by a point um <laughs> just barely just barely Austin was like we'll do it next year but so like <laughs> when we're in the parks for the gumball rally, we're all just wearing the same lanyard and people like i I would probably say at least 10 people came up to my husband and I, we were on the same team asking what we were doing. So imagine everyone's wearing the same shirt and there's a QR code on the shoulder that takes you directly to the fundraiser page. And it has all of our partners on the back. Like it has a mix in some magic, like DNSW learning Disney podcast and like all the other small shops that have already partnered up with us. Everyone listed on the back. So people can see how big of a deal it is. And the more people you see in the park wearing the same thing, the more attention you're going to like turn. And then if they're all flocking to splash, think of how much more of a crowd we're going to get at Disneyland. Cause like what Johnny wasn't magic kingdom, just crazy. 
Yeah, it was absolutely nuts. Like you said there, the, the rope drop was more insane than any rope drop I've ever seen over there before. But eventually they kind of figured it out and got things organized. But the ride for the most part was well over two and a half hours for the standby all day long. So there mm-hmm. was just a massive, massive crowd there all day long. And I really felt like people knew that it was a special thing. It wasn't just another random day at the park. And you saw people dressing up like Br'er Rabbit and Br'er Fox and Br'er Bear in line. They, everybody had their Splash Mountain stuffed animals in the in line with them. And it just, it felt like, you, you feel like in Disney, a lot of people will chat with each other while you're in the queues anyways. But it just felt like everything was ratcheted up a couple notches this day. And everybody was talking to each other about their favorite splash moments and their favorite splash stories. And I just felt like if we, if we all, like Hannah was saying, if we all have these same shirts on, there's a nice easy QR code that'll take you right to the donation page that final day in the parks. If we get, and that's the other part of it too, is anybody that, that joins this team and wants to get involved with us, our hope would be that you'll want to try to get find a way to get to the parks to be there with us on Splash's final day. Mm-hmm. So we can have this big group of people all wearing the same shirts. And hopefully we have these conversations with people in line for the ride, in line for the churros, all over the parks and, and really try to get those donations up on that last day as the uh, as the ride closes out. This is such an awesome thing because there's already a huge camaraderie between Disney fans. Like you said, you meet people in the parks and people are just so friendly and chatty. But then to combine this spirit that you know is already going to be there with the closing of Splash Mountain with some fundraising that's going to help kids. I think it's just such an awesome thing that you guys have come up with and I'm excited to be a part of it. Yeah. And thank you so much for uh, Melissa, I think if you watch the live when Johnny and I finally announced this, because we teased it for about two weeks um, on both of our Instagram pages, Melissa was the first one to comment that said, like, I'm all in. Thank you, Melissa, because that means the world to us. Because, you know, you come up with this idea and you think it's awesome, but then you're, there's always that fear that people are going to not think it's awesome. And so Melissa was really one of the first people to hop on board and be like, let's get you on the podcast. So that means the world to us as well, Melissa. Thank you. Oh, you're so welcome. I'm super excited about this. And I think it's just going to make it even more exciting and fun to be there on the last day that Splash Mountain's running. It's just too bad we Mm -hmm. don't know when that day is yet. I know. Do you have a guess? That's that's something we've been talking to people about. What's your guess for when it's going to go down? Uh, I think they'll wait until Indiana Jones is open. So whenever that is, I'm thinking maybe sometime in May, but I don't know. I don't know. What do you guys think? What are your, what's your guess? Yeah, we're here in May a lot. That seems to be kind of the leader in the clubhouse as far as the guesses go. I know we should start like a poll. Like, you know, when you guess <laughs> yes. when that, when's that baby due and whoever is the closest wins. We should do something like that. Ooh, that's an interesting idea, actually. But so I was wondering, I was kind of getting, I I think we won't get the date till Indiana Jones comes up. And I think it's going to be before Haunted Mansion goes down for um, the overlay, the end of August, early September before Halloween. But I I also just can't see them shutting the splash in the summer. Like in the heat. Because we don't have any other water rides well, I, we have grizzly river run in dca but 
I don't know. There's just so many guesses going out right now. And I'm just on the edge of my seat waiting every day. I check to see <laughs> if the splash is on the calendar. I feel like though, and maybe you've noticed Hannah, if you felt like it looks a little different the last few times I've ridden it, I feel like it's darker. And I felt like a few characters have been missing, not the main ones, but I feel like it's kind of sparse in here. <laughs> and I noticed when I did it, I when I did it for the rally, when we did it, I re- I was like, I feel like there's signs missing mm-hmm. that used to be up. But I thought I was just going crazy. I was like, you're just creating something in your head. So you make me feel a lot better because it's not just me. <laughs> like things are actually a little bit different. People smuggling in screwdrivers trying to steal those signs as a collector's item. They'll be on, they'll be on <laughs> eBay next week. Probably. <laughs> Probably. So I wonder if they're just kind of slowly taking things out here and there that they can start working on. I don't mm-hmm. know. Yeah. Did you hear, did you see the update that Scott, Scott Gustin posted? I don't know. What was it? So it was confirmed. He confirmed that it's a single team for both Disneyland and Disney World. So oh, the reason why they're starting Disney World first is because that team is getting that all started. And then at some point, we don't know what that point is, they're going to move over to Disneyland. And the rumor is that there's an extra scene at Disneyland and that's why they're doing Disneyland second. Hmm. So we're just waiting for them to get to a certain point down in Disney World and then they're going to head to Disneyland. So I, maybe Disney doesn't even know a date yet for Disneyland if they're waiting for that team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they might not. That was part of our discussion before we announced what we were doing here too, was we thought, do we wait until we Disney makes the announcement and then we kind of do it like that same day or the next day and we kind of put it right out. But then we thought about, well, what if that time gets here and they announce that it's like in two weeks, like there's nothing to say that they're going to give us a two, three month notice like they did for Walt Disney World. So we didn't want to roll the dice and find out like, oh, no, we waited too long. And now our window to possibly like really get people fired up and raise some money is gone. So after talking about it, we're like, let's just do it now and let's try to use this time now where we don't even have the date yet to Hopefully we'll get people interested, let them know what's going on, get the word out there. And we're just, we're really hoping this turns into like a domino effect. So just like Hannah was saying, we can't appreciate any more that you jumped on so quickly and was so willing to get us on your show to help get the word out. Cause that's, we're just hoping this, just this ball gets rolling here and it really just turns into a big snowball and more and more and more people jump on and those donations just start going up faster and faster. And then, I think once that date finally does get announced, it'll make it so much easier for us to really kind of establish a timeline for like, okay, we're going to order shirts by this day and we're going to have this event on this day and we can plan out. We're hoping to do something around like maybe the day before and the day after when Splash goes down for anybody that's coming out to the parks to try to meet up and all hang out together. So I think uh, once once that date finally gets here, it'll really crank it up another notch. But this is our this is our chance now to grow the team, get people inspired, and and really start getting those donations in. This is exciting. So, what's your goal? We went big. Yeah, it's a big number. So we went big. So our goal is fifty thousand. We started just at five thousand, but in the first twenty four hours after we announced, we already raised over two thousand dollars. So after we did our live and we announced it, I texted Johnny. I said, we just got to go. We just got to go big and we just have to put it out there and just do everything we can and get as many people 
into it as possible. Like we have a list of, <laughs> of celebrities we want to li- like, I'm trying to, to track down Bobby Iger's email. <laughs> like, we're really like, we're really going for it. Like in Johnny's done uh, fundraisers in the past where he sat in a blizzard for a few hours until he's raised enough money. So like, we're ready to do, I'm ready to <laughs> sit on small world all day if I need to, to raise money. Like, like we're already starting to like plan these, like we're calling them like Iron Man's for like someone is willing to do one down in Magic Kingdom that we're going to announce soon. And then that was like, oh, maybe I should do like the Tiki Room or Small World, <laughs> but I don't want to do Tiki Room because I love the Tiki Room and I feel like I'll start not loving the Tiki Room. <laughs> so like anyone can do these things. Like we already have a small shop that is donating bracelets for every hundred dollars that are or that is donated. So we're we're getting these little things done, which. I think are going to snowball into very big things. So anyone can do it. It's not only for podcasters or, or only for like the Disney influencers or small shops, like anyone can get involved. And that's why we want people to have ownership over it too, because we, it, we're all doing this together. Like that's, that's really what matters. And that's why we started that Instagram page too. So anybody that is interested, if you're, whatever your idea is, anything that you can come up with that you want to help get the word out, help get the, help do like, like we're talking about one of these Ironmans at one of the parks or whatever your idea can be to try to raise funds. um, Reach out to us at that Instagram page at podcast Mike's for magic. And let's, let's get that conversation going and whatever we can do from our side to help talk about it on our podcast, help get the word out. We're, we're all on board for whatever we can do to help grow this thing and really get it to blow up. So awesome. It's a huge group mm-hmm. effort. And I think, I think we can do it. I think 50,000, I think we can do it. Yeah, I was, I was nervous at first, but when we saw that, that first 24 hours, we already broke $2,000. It was just one of those, like, again, like I keep repeating myself here, but like, I think we really do have a chance to like, once that snowball starts rolling it, the faster we can get the donations up now, once that date shows up and if we can get just one or two of those big names in that Disney community to jump on board with us, like this, there's a very good chance this we, that we could take this thing and, and really get it up to that $50,000 mark. I think, I really think it's doable. I think so too. And I'm excited. It's going to be fun. Absolutely. So exciting. Well, thank you guys so much for coming on and talking about it. I'll put a link to the Instagram page in my show notes so that people can go and find it. And if they have any ideas, they can reach out to you. There's also a link on that Instagram page for donations that goes right to the Chalk Foundation. So you click on that link, takes you right to the Chalk Foundation so you can donate right there. And then you can also watch the donation amount. I like to go and check on it and see what's happening. Watch it grow. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And we'll, as things start rolling, that page is just going to get way more active. Instagram has this tricky little thing where if you're a new page, you can't collab. So you're going to start seeing, if you're following Johnny, myself, and the page, you're going to start seeing repeats because we just want to get the information out there as much as possible. So until we get that function on the podcast, Mics for Magic page, there's going to be a lot of info that's being pushed out. So just bear with us until Instagram's like, you're a legit page. (laughs) They'll let us collab with people because we'd love to like collab with you, Melissa, and like all the other people that are working with us as well to get this going. 
So exciting. Well, thanks so much, guys. I can't wait. Thanks for having us. And thank you. Thank you so much to Johnny and Hannah for coming and sharing about their plan with us. I'm actually really excited about this whole idea. So I wasn't really too excited about the thought of going and being at Disneyland on the last day that Splash Mountain was open, but now that there's this excitement and this event and this push to raise money for the Chalk Foundation, I found myself getting more and more excited about the idea of being there on that day and doing what I can to help spread awareness for this awesome cause and hopefully help raise a little bit of money for the Chalk Foundation. So if I'm able, I'm going to be there on the last day that Splash Mountain is open and I hope that I can just help spread some awareness. So if you're interested in donating to this awesome cause or following along, I've got a link in the show notes for the podcast Mics for Magic Mission. You can go over there, click on that, start following Johnny and Hannah so you can be up to date on everything that's happening. And if you're so inclined, you can click on their link over on Instagram and it will take you right to the chalk page where you can donate. I have been thinking of some ideas that I might want to do on that last day to kind of help push to raise some money. I was kind of thinking about how kids do walkathons and they go around and get people to pledge. So they'll be like, hey, will you pay me a dollar every time I walk around the track or whatever and all the money goes to charity? Well, what if I did something similar where I got people to pledge to donate to the Chalk Foundation. Maybe they would pledge $1 for every time I rode the teacups. <laughs> How many times in a row do you think I could ride the teacups? I don't know. Or maybe they would pledge $5 for each time I rode on It's a Small World or something like that. And then they would donate however much to the Chalk Foundation. I think that might be fun. So I'm starting to toy with ideas like that, things that I could do to help raise money. And then while I'm there in the parks, I can spread the word, start talking to people. But we are hoping to raise money before that final day of Splash Mountain. So we have less to do on that final day. So if you're interested in supporting us, then head on over to the link in the show notes. You can check it all out. And thanks again to Johnny and Hannah for joining me. Well, that's all the time I have for today. Don't forget to submit your questions so that I have questions to answer on my next episode. You can use the link in the show notes to send me a voice message, or you can email me at melissa at mixinsomemagic.com. I would love, love to have you as part of my show. Also, don't forget to follow along on Instagram because I am heading to Universal Studios. It's going to be fun. I will be back next week with something new. Thanks so much for listening. We'll talk soon.